We are outdoor ladies who hunt, shoot, and fish, all while working in conservation and chasing kids. I am Julia Plugge with the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission. I'm Rachel Alice with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. And I'm Tana Fancher with the Kansas Department of Wildlife Parks. Follow us on our outdoor adventures. Welcome back to She Goes Outdoors. So today you have uh, Julia and Rachel here. And I'm going to have Rachel start off the conversation with telling us about what happened in Iowa this weekend? Just I'm, I've seen lots of Facebook photos, uh, shares on Facebook, and I'm just excited to hear straight from Rachel's voice all about it. What happened? Yeah, we were uh, we had our becoming an outdoor woman workshop this weekend. So we had about a hundred ladies plus instructors down at Wesley Woods in Indianola, and just had an amazing weekend. Luckily, the rain stayed off for most of the weekend, so we had just beautiful spring temps and just fun to be around people learning and growing as outdoor recreationalists and yeah we had people learning kayaking stand up paddle boarding they were up on the range just blasting away and um, it, it was just fun to be back with our people that's awesome. I was kind of in love with the t-shirt color too. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I was at awe of all the awesome activities that you were doing. Uh, mostly maybe the edible plants activity because we've had her on here before. And then she's going to be at Nebraska's BOW as well. But then, I don't know, I just kept staring at that t-shirt color. I'm thinking Nebraska BOW is going to need that, like uh, duplicate that. Yeah, Chelsea is such a, just a gem. She is an amazing wealth of knowledge between her and Anne. They just share all of their insights on plant knowledge. It's, it's so fun, but yes, seafoam green was the spring color. Noted. So it was, it was just beautiful and kind of reminded us that summer's on the way. I like it. Seafoam green. You I'm, got it. Yeah. I'll probably be, you know, sometime closer to RBOW in fall. Rem you'll have to remind me of that. Cause I won't remember. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So moving on, let's get into this topic of conversation for this week. We have a, a box coming up and it's out and about, it's for sale. Um, I'm super uber pumped about this because it's a topic that I haven't inv been involved with myself and really want to learn more about. And so I can't wait to to get this box in my own hands. And I'm, I'm so excited for this box. And, and Rachel, maybe just spill the beans as to for what is the topic of this box coming out? Yeah, we're so excited about this one. It's going to be focused around backpacking. So kind of hiking, backpacking, what you need to get out and just go explore and, and get started. Awesome. So I'm, I'm excited to strap on a backpack and spend time with my adult lady friends hiking Nebraska's beautiful trail systems, or even, you know, nationwide, there's amazing uh, trail systems. And I say adult ladies because, you know, kids can go too, but I'm, I'm ready just to spend time with the lady friends. But I am looking for an excursion that will leave me relaxed, joyful, and, but yet improve my health. So... I asked myself, I asked my friends, what's involved with backpacking? Because I'm just used to 
like literally putting on a Superman backpack full of strawbursts and gummies and whatever kids want to eat. And, you know, first you learn, never forget the snacks, never forget water. But what about all this other stuff? Because that stuff just gets you by for like an hour. What about going out and being gone longer or even overnight? So this week we've brought uh, in someone that has backpacking experience, even out of country, I believe. And um, Rachel, you do too. So I'm hoping to kind of poke your brain, both of you, and, and learn myself today. So Megan Mannery is a parks naturalist with Nebraska Game and Parks Commission in our parks division. Megan is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to outdoor skills and wildlife knowledge. Uh, we are excited to have her on the show today. So welcome, Megan. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right, Megan, parks naturalist. Can you share with our listeners kind of what your job entails and then in that great state of Nebraska where you're located? Yeah, so I am the Southwest Region Naturalist, um, so I cover anywhere from the Colorado and Kansas borders, um, as east as Lexington, Nebraska, and as north as North Platte, Nebraska. So I usually stay in this region, but I often go outside, like for the Scotts Bluff ODP, the Outdoor Discovery Program, even the Kearney one a couple weeks ago. And so I lead educational programs that range from wildlife education. I do a lot of things with pollinator biology and conservation to other things like outdoor skills, kayaking and camping in the parks too. Um, And I'm hoping to even develop a beginner's backpacking program for the Southwest parks sometime soon too. That's awesome. We always ask this question and I kind of laugh every time. What does a typical week look like? Or is there a typical? I, I get this question a lot too. People ask like, what time do you get off work? And I'm like, every single day is different, which is something that I love about my job. It could be Zoom meetings all day, or I could be out at the parks and kayaking in the lake all day. It varies so drastically the life of working in parks, right? Right. And a lot of time on the road too, since I cover such a large area. (laughs) And of duct taping the back of your window, right? (laughs) Yeah. We're for Carney, uh, the outdoor discovery program. And she's like, Oh, a roll of duct tape. And she's duct taping the back of her window. So legit, the girl knows everything. She is diverse. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, you got to make it work when you're out in the middle of nowhere. Absolutely. So, but but before we go into the how-to, I want to know about some of your backpacking trips. Perhaps where have you been? What is your longest trip? The mic is yours. Okay, yeah. So I thought uh, I'd start off by saying that I've spent a lot of time camping. Uh, I grew up camping and continuously camped into adulthood. So I kind of wanted to have a bigger challenge of seeing what it was like to live off of as little as possible. And that's something that backpacking can bring. So um, my first actual backpacking trip was my longest. And I was lucky enough to even backpack for school credit. So I went to Botswana in Southern Africa and I was there for about 37 days. 
we backpacked and camped uh, through the Mashatu Game Reserve and learned about safari guiding, things like bush navigation and survival skills and wildlife behavioral anticipation and tracking and more since it was, you know, for school, but also you had to be able to backpack for this trip. So I'd say that was my longest and it it was nice because I was with some other people. So if we needed something, uh, we kind of had each other to go from. Um, but then last year I backpacked in Southern Mexico. Well, about mid Mexico, it's uh, Baja California and Bahia de los Angeles. And it was about 10 days long. So we started out by the ocean and made our way into the desert mountains and eventually back down into the Bay Area. And we studied um, desert ecology and marine life and showered in the ocean, packed our things into the field station and took a smaller bag into the mountains and then resupplied when we got back down to the Ocean Bay Area. Um, And now I'm preparing for my next trip to Costa Rica And so I'm not exactly uh, set on all the areas that we'll be going to yet, but I kind of like that. I don't like to fully prepare because it's kind of like a survival challenge in some ways. (laughs) And then I do like some smaller trips, you know, throughout the Southwest region, which is awesome because I get to get paid to do it for work. (laughs) So I can't say I've done like a, um, so much of a through hike, like, Some of the trails in the U.S. have like a more set beginning and end, and mine have kind of been, we wander through the day, see what we find, and um, camp where we need to camp. (laughs) That is so cool. What has been your favorite trip? Definitely the Botswana trip. I think because it was the longest, I kind of had a, a mindset change as well, like, wow, I can do this. And there's people that do this longer than I did this. So, and it's possible. So it was pretty empowering and I learned a lot. Who do you go with? I guess you say we, I just curious who, who do you go with? Yeah, it's different every time. So for the Botswana trip, I was in undergrad. So we had to apply and there was some other students that were taken as well. And then um, we had, the bush guides and some safari guides with us as well since we were in a game reserve and dealing with species like elephants and lions that we had no idea how to handle it was uh, safe to have some professionals with us and same for my other like upcoming trip and with Mexico we had some people of the region with us as well so when I I've been on um I guess more of a hiking and it's only been hiking. Like, let's just honest, let's be honest, like a mile with my kids and we're all done and and backed up. But what is the differences really between hiking and backpacking? Yeah. So I think they have a lot of similarities and some people are more strict on the terms than others. I think there are all ways to get people to get outside and enjoy nature. And hiking is just kind of uh, more of a long walk that you're going to return home at the end of the night, but still enjoy that time out in the backcountry. Backpacking, I tend to think of it's more of like an overnight hiking trip. 
um, where you can spend multiple days out in the backcountry and you pack all of the gear that you're going to need into your backpack. And then there's also like trekking. And that's kind of like a more physically and mentally demanding hiking, like hills and mountains and difficult terrain. So um, it just depends on your terminology and how you want to describe them. But I think they're all a great way to enjoy nature. (laughs) That's probably a good way to put it because, you know, we've been talking about this upcoming She Goes Outdoor box that's for sale right now. And we're calling it backpacking, but the materials and what we're planning to put into it could be honestly used for a short hike. Or it could be used for the experiences that you've been talking about as well. And it's more of an introduction as well where, you know, Megan has obviously done some training and been on those long excursions. And we'd hope that, like myself, I could see that doing some training and then maybe someday taking a a long excursion. But either way, you still have to pack some of those safety items, some of those go-tos, no matter what the distance. Right. And before you even go on like a longer backpacking trip, there's um, a term called a shakedown hike where you just kind of go on a smaller hike, maybe a night or two and kind of shake down the gear you don't need or you realize what you're missing and you did need. And I highly recommend that before going on a longer trip. That's such good advice because it's amazing how heavy things become. And you're like, oh, yeah, I need that. I for sure need that. And and even if you're just going, so I traveled Thailand and Indonesia. And I was like, oh, this is a must. This is an absolute must. And then like day two, you're like, what was I thinking that I needed this, right? Like out, out it goes. And if you really need it, a lot of times wherever you land before you get on your hike, like you can pick those things up. So I highly recommend that shakedown hike. It's such a great idea. Definitely. So the overview of your trips just make me utterly jealous and they sound amazing. For you personally, I mean, you've had these like great long adventures. What, why do you do it? What, what's the reward for you? Yeah, so I do it kind of for two reasons. One for myself, because it brings me a lot of joy. And I know that I can, you know, kind of survive out there if I need to. And it's um, a health journey for me. It's empowering, you know, that as women, we're strong and we can do so many things. Um, But also, I'm a really avid conservationist. And I love studying conservation in other parts of the world. And I feel as if I can bring some of that knowledge back to Nebraska as well and also benefit the areas that we're studying. So kind of twofold, but it's it's just empowering all around. <laughs> now, you've talked about some of your like international trips. Have you done much in, in country or been mostly out of country? Just hiking in country, not too much backcountry backpacking. That's cool. And I think, I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't discount that at all. Um, some of my favorite memories have actually been kind of a spike camping. Like we go in and then kind of set up a base camp and then from that base camp, go on little explorations, right? Like, right. And I, I think that's, 
I think it's the really fun way of, of exploring because you really get to know that area pretty well. And like, Hey, that was a terrible adventure. Let's not go back there. And we learned from it. So let's just go this direction. Right. And I guess twofold, the idea of through hiking is like, I think sometimes really overwhelming. Like, but what if I forgot, you know, the spatula to make my eggs? Well, <laughs> turns out you're probably not going to be having eggs for breakfast. So spoiler alert, but to get into it, I think that kind of that spike camping or, or whatever you want to base camping with day excursions. I think that is a really fun way for people to get into it. Um, I know my first couple trips, like we parked and then like hiked in just a couple miles similar to your shakedown trip, like that kind of gets you a feel of like, okay, I can carry 20 pounds. I can carry 40 pounds. I really don't ever need to carry 70 pounds again in my life. (laughs) Exactly. I I think it's fun. Like, you know, oh, this is a 65 liter pack. If I need to bring 65 liters worth of stuff, I mean, for, if you're looking at that pack, it stands like three feet tall. If I need to bring as much stuff as a, as a nine-year-old is high, I did something wrong. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I love that idea of like the base camp too. That's a lot of what I do, especially because I don't have a lot of time in between like days of work. So that's a quick little way to kind of get a little backpacking feel in there, but kind of be closer to home if you need anything. Absolutely have those adventures been mainly in the greater Nebraska land area or where stateside have you kind of done some hiking? Yeah, mainly the Southwest reservoirs are where I'm at most of the time, but I also grew up out in the sand hills. And so going out in the sand hills and kind of surviving where there's nothing (laughs) is fun for me too. The listeners know I grew up in New England. So New England compared to Southwest Nebraska is like night and day difference. (laughs) Parts of Southwest Nebraska are almost similar to like the American Southwest. Like they, they are pretty arid in places like that, that Northern Kansas area. I forget, Julia, what state park we were talking about, like Bethlehem rock or something like that. And it had just spires. Maybe it was Kansas. It was but Kansas, it just had yeah. like these like crazy spires. Jerusalem Rock. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Anyway. Um, and I was like, there's no way that's in, in Nebraska or Kansas. Like that's not the Midwest. That is totally the Southwest. So it's that's pretty cool because I think it brings home that whole concept that like you don't actually have to go all that far to get quote unquote remote. Right. And I tell people a lot too, I get, I got better service in Southern Africa than I get in the Sandhills of Nebraska. And so I know it's a great way to practice. And also, you know, it's hard for us to disconnect from our phones and you might be out on a backpacking trip for a couple days and not be mentally prepared to not have service and so you can find places where you don't have service pretty close to home and that's a great way to also prepare for backpacking yeah so this discussion kind of reminds me of a discussion we had with elizabeth with outward bound uh, a while ago and she was talking about kind of that disconnect with 
front country and back country and like that it was really hard for her to to come back to like modern civilization because you got just so engrossed in what you were doing and the no connection to modern world and it's interesting that you're intentionally putting yourself there and kind of practicing for peace of mind and kind of that 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 mental headspace to just you know clear everything and get away but she was talking a lot about how um how hard it was for her yeah that's interesting um too that she had the hard time like coming back into that feeling um but for a lot of people it's the opposite you know we um we can be so physically prepared. We can pack everything we need to pack and have a light bag and whatever else, but you might not be mentally prepared and that's equally as if not more important. And yeah, most people it's disconnecting that they're struggling with. And I've even had a hard time. Sometimes we just want to scroll, but you can't do that when you're out there. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I, I and I'm I'm gonna guess that it's also a fairly like generational thing, right? Those of us who grew up learning how to play Oregon Trail in middle school and high school probably have an easier time walking away. Kind of a that's an interesting concept that those that are, are used to having technology on twenty four seven really it is it is a bit harder to to walk away this is this has like been mind-blowing i'm not gonna lie i'm like ah this is so awesome makes me even want to go even more we're Uh, gonna take you on a backpacking trip julia please do please do but i might need to start on that shakedown or start the (laughs) low level right (laughs) i well i was just gonna ask rachel about like your experience and in that what what have you've gained from it but tell us about actually where have you've been sure so so i have to be honest like i very much love camping and i like hiking i'm not as good with the like the through hike i i am envious and i love the idea and the planning behind it Um, But I just haven't had the opportunity personally. I've done much more of like the spike or the, the satellite camping where you, you get the spot and then you go for day hikes. So I lived in Southwest Colorado for a number of years. And that kind of base camping concept is, is how you do a lot of mountain peaks. So in Colorado, it's very popular to, the term is bag 14ers. So, so reach 14,000 foot peaks. And then in Colorado, there's just some ungodly amount of them. And, um, you know, a lot of Coloradans, it's their, it's their goal to, to reach the summit of all of them. Um, and for those, I am utterly envious and impressed with, uh, but so I've, so I've hiked like in the San Juan mountains, which is South central Colorado, I, I did a program called AmeriCorps and we actually lived out in the mountains for eight weeks at a time. And in that particular campsite, we built camping spots. So we went up into the mountains as far as we could, we camped and then we built and, and worked on wetland restorations and, and actually building campsites so that 
we would protect the resources around by having very set determined campsites. Um, and then we did the same. So that was in the, in the Sangre de Cristo mountain range in South central Colorado. Um, we did some up by Pikes peak, which is a little bit more in central part of Colorado. So I actually had the opportunity to live on Pikes peak, which is just an amazing mountain in itself. It's known for a, a, a car driving race. So they actually race the mountain. And, um, so we lived at, at the halfway point on the mountain where most people get their brakes checked. Uh, there's actually like a little picnic area. And then we lived off in, in the, the pines and the conifers there. So that was pretty cool. And then I lived in Telluride, Colorado, which is, um, just North of Durango. And so there's just uh, maroon bells and lizard head and like all these amazing hikes in there. And sometimes we'd make them overnight, you know, but they, but I just never have taken the time to do those like seven, 10, 20, 30 day adventures, which it's always been like that dream of mine. I don't know about either of you, but I read Bill Bryson's walk in the woods at a very young age. And if you, if listeners haven't read that book and want like just a fun read, I highly recommend it. I think, uh, Nick Nolte made a movie off of it here recently and it's, it's a good movie too, but the book just, it's about two high school buddies that kind of re reunite as not high schoolers anymore and want to do something. And one's been training to, to do the Appalachian trail his whole life. And the other has not, and they go and, do the Appalachian Trail, and in the book is just a, a memoir of of the trip, and it's awesome. If anyone's read Cheryl Strahan's Wild, it's um, a much different version of of a through hike. Um, so yeah, anyway, a couple of books for those those that are interested. But no, to, to answer your question, I really haven't done the the long long hikes. I've done the the set up your camp and go do day hikes or overnight hikes and then come back to that base camp. Or I've just done, you're going to go travel for 13 days and everything you own is in your backpack, but you're staying at hostels, you're riding trains, like you're not hike hiking. So just yep. as fun. <laughs> Absolutely. They are. And they all require like just different types of planning. Right. And you get to meet like-minded people and hear about all of their adventures and discover maybe your future adventures that way too. Yeah, there's no question. It's amazing. Like you see someone with like a big backpack and like you know they're going to do or have just done something really cool. And half the time they're like dusty and grimy and you're like, okay, where are you going or where are you coming from? And was it amazing? And those are the like stories that stick with you. Yeah. We were in the airport on our way back from Botswana and we were so dirty. We had not showered. We we were like, we probably are smelling up this whole airport (laughs) And this man was like, hey, I have a VIP, like, 
lounge for some, one of the airlines and he's like, I'll just let you guys up. There's like food and coffee and you, you kind of look like you need some. And we were <laughs> like, yes, we probably looked so gross. And this man was like, they need help. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's like every adventure, right? Like I came back from, so I, I spent a year in England and I came back and, you know, my my luggage was so overweight. Yeah, 50 pounds is like a suggestion, I think. And so I put it like up on the scale and like this woman clearly realized that I did not have a penny to pay an overage baggage. And she's like, oh, and she literally picks up half my bag so that the scale said, you know, like whatever the the actual kilograms was supposed to say and she goes oh looks like you're underweight and then put like three heavy bag, like luggage tags on it and then was then like whispers to me she's like you're gonna have to move it for me so I literally like had to step over the scale pick up the bag and put it on the conveyor belt for her I was like do you need coffee because I'd be happy to go get coffee for you and yes. breakfast and your dinner because that's going to be cheaper than whatever it would have cost to ship that home. So thank you. <laughs> that's great. So there's, there are good people that work for TSA out there, right? There are good people. <laughs> there's good people that work for TSA. There's good people that work on all of the airlines. And Absolutely. Yeah. Next time you go to check in, like give them a little ounce of grace because you don't know how many of us smelly backpackers or or <laughs> gap year students they've had to deal with that year or that day. So yeah, for sure. There are good people everywhere. And uh, that's the beauty of the travel. That's the beauty of the experience and getting out and, and, and pushing yourself out of that comfort zone because you meet those folks. And Megan, we've kind of talked about just this Elizabeth described her backpack as a Mary Poppins bag. <laughs> She's like, you never knew what you were going to pull out of it, but it always had something that made you smile and that you in theory needed. And backpacking really kind of, it, it allows you to get literally off the beaten path and go explore and see new things. And it just kind of blends the camping and the hiking with that in mind, like you obviously have like your essentials, right? You have any of us that go on like backpacker magazine and you look at any of their spreads, like they have these amazing lineups of everything they put in their backpack, just so well placed. I don't know how they find the time to do it because I'm usually shoving stuff in a bag, like hours before I'm leaving. So so listeners don't follow in my advice and actually plan things out, do the shakedown hike and make sure it's what you want. And, and you can even do the shakedown hike around your block in the city. Like I can't stress enough getting your boots broken in. And if that literally means taking walks to the park, pushing a stroller in your hiking boots, do it um, because not getting those blisters on trail, <laughs> it would make it all that all better. But okay. So to get off my rambling, Megan, if you're going to go plan like your first overnight backpacking trip and it's just like a Saturday, Sunday. So 
to Julia's original point, she's found some angels that are babysitting. She has two whole days and one overnight. What are you starting with? So for me, my first thought is a sleeping bag. I like to sleep comfortably and I try and get the smallest, lightest sleeping bag that I can handle. And also I try to avoid a tent. I don't know if other people are comfortable with cowboy camping, but that's one of my favorite things to do. Um, Kind of be more immersed in nature and hear what's going on around you. Will you explain to our listeners what you mean by a cowboy camp? Yeah, that's just like sleeping without a tent, just, you know, on the ground, roughing it. If something wants to walk up to you, it walks up to you. There's no stagecoach to sleep under either. (laughs) Yeah, and then um, I love to have boot gaiters, those like covers that go from your pants over your boots because... I've um, been in a lot of areas that have like sandbars or like sticks that get down and you don't want to stop hiking and constantly be pulling stuff out of your boots. So I, I'm always carrying those on me and probably one of the bulkiest things I would carry is my hat. I like to have like one of those big, almost like game warden, like wide brim hats on because, you know, sun protection, I actually got sun poisoning one time from it. And so just tons of uh, sunscreen and a wide brim hat. <laughs> Those are my go-tos. What is entailed with sun poisoning? Man, I didn't even know what it was at first. I mean, I didn't have internet access, so I would have been Googling. And we all kind of came to that conclusion when we were still out and about. But I had been wearing tank tops and my face and neck and chest and then my shoulders. So everywhere that was not covered started getting like little bumps and blisters and it just kept getting worse and worse every single day. And I had to start using, I was just using like regular sunscreen at that point. And I had to start using like the zinc the like pure white stuff that made a physical barrier instead of a chemical barrier between your skin and the sun. And I looked like a ghost, but I would do it time and time again. And now I'm always going to bring the zinc sunscreen along. That's what my son has to wear. Uh, He has reactions to the sun on his elbows and he has to wear with the zinc. My mom's the same way, has a skin disease and she just lathers up and it has to have that zinc in it. Yeah, it was scary, but, um, and I have been in the sun all the time and never had anything like that happen. So now my hat and my sunscreen are always with me. That's so. Wow. So we, here in the last couple of years, discovered like, and I'm going to drop a brand not intentionally just because they're the one I can think of, but like Columbia has a, their fishing line. They have the PFG like long sleeves and they are so lightweight and you know, you could also refer to them as like rash guards more in like the surfing and swimming community. But that's what I always, you know, I like give my kids two choices. I'm like, you can wear the long sleeve shirt or you can just get, you know, doused in more and more sunscreen. And they're like, we'll take the shirt. I guess. And your skin just stays cleaner too. Like you just don't feel bleh when you're wearing a long sleeve shirt. 
Okay, so we've we've started dabbling in what the main objects are, the gear that we need to take. But before we start, like the big rocks, we'll just it's that's probably a bad thing to use when we're care we're going backpacking, but per se like the big rocks. But but before we start putting our little rocks into this bag, I first want to know like do you recommend a specific brand or style of backpack? And I open this uh, conversation, this question up to actually both of you. Maybe you have preferences, maybe different styles. Maybe we'll find out that it's the same thing. So Megan, the mic is yours first. Yeah, I don't know if uh, I'm the best person to ask because I've only used Osprey. And so both my, I have a 60 liter, 25 liter, 30 liter, they're all like Osprey. So um, (laughs) that's just, I don't know why I haven't purposefully just gone for Osprey, but they have the features on the bag. Like um, I look for a chest strap and a waist strap and a place for a water bottle, like bladder down in the back. And Osprey just tends to have those things and they fit my body well. They make like women's backpacks and you want to consider like your height and how much you can carry and the length of your trip. So yeah, Osprey for me. (laughs) Rachel, what about you? So to Megan's points, like just because it works for us doesn't mean it's going to work for our listeners. So I can't stress enough going to like a good gear shop there's plenty out there um, and those guys and gals have the knowledge to actually like fit you to a pack. So my, my biggest things are I have wider hips. So a nice, good lumbar support and like that waist belt is important. And it, it you want it to sit like right above your hips so that 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 weight is right there on your hips. So making sure that your, some of your backpacks can like actually adjust. So that's a huge feature that I always look for to Megan's point, the chest strap. Absolutely. And then my other lesson learned is the smaller the bag, the better in my opinion. So I also have a couple Osprey bags. I have an REI bag. I have a Gregory bag and like a mountain smith or something along those lines. So it all depends on if it was a hand-me-down bag or a car camping bag or an actual backpacking bag. But I made the mistake of buying the largest bag I could afford. So I have like a 70 liter and I never, ever, ever want to carry that thing full again. I made that mistake and listen to my mistake and and 55 liter is probably the biggest I'd ever really want to carry again. So yeah, and you can read all the the different backpacking blogs and like figure out crazy ways to cut down weight if that's um something that that really is a focus to you, but if you're just getting out, divvy up the weight between your friends or whoever you're going with because it's amazing how much you can take um, by just kind of packing it out. Uh, so we were prepping for a, a different type of trip, if you will, but a bat went on a multi-day canoe trip in the Boundary Waters. And so like the night before we left, we literally all sat in a circle with the bags that we were going to take and everyone had to take their stuff out of their bag. And then we went around the room 
to make sure that we didn't have overage. Cause like, it's cool that Megan wants to carry cast iron skillet. I don't need to, right? We don't need two of them. We only need one. So whatever that thing is. And then, then that way we could, we took our tents and actually divvied that up too. So that everyone's pack was like pretty evenly weighted. Yeah. I, I took a fishing pole on that trip. (laughs) That is so smart though. It was fun, but a three piece fishing pole. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't really matter the brand as long as the bag bag fits you. Um, and you certainly can do hand-me-down. You can do gear exchange, like Facebook marketplace, like all those places are really great places to find gear. Once you've realized like what features you're looking for, like Megan likes the, in, I'm assuming it's an internal bladder that you're talking about yep. for your water. Yeah. I love that. Um, some of us are old school and just like to pack now jeans at the bottom of our bag. And we're saying at the bottom of the bag, because you want your heavier stuff down there. But like, I personally, I like to sleep in a tent. And I also, my guilty pleasure is I want a sleeping pad. Yeah, I like a sleeping pad too. You gotta be comfortable though. I mean, that's that point in time that you're laying down and you have to like re-energize and and let your, your muscles just relax. And so you need something comfortable because when, as soon as that sun comes up and you're moving, you got to be well rested to keep up with everything. Yeah. And, and okay. So Megan, I want to know what else do you have in your pack? Like top five things to Julia's point, you, you kind of talked a little bit about like what you for sure would have in there. Yeah. So I think, so I said my sleeping bag, my sleeping pad, for sure baby wipes because that's basically how I shower and then a bag for those and things like toilet paper first aid kit which that would include you know things like sunscreen and bug spray my boot gaiters my hat and if if you have service I have these really awesome like phone chargers that are solar and expand out into like four solar panels And so that's what I use to charge my phone and take pictures. I don't carry like a heavy camera or anything like that. But a headlamp is what I like to use. You can use it as a flashlight too. Yeah, I think those are my basic go-tos. So on this next part, like we've mentioned some of the like the the main rocks that you put in your bag, like we talked about. But we're going to kind of do a real quick minute thing where we're just going to give you let's say a top of that list of what you would include and then we'll give you a subject and within that subject you state one thing that would be under that particular item that would cover the basis within your backpack so I'll go first if I I'm going to say the word navigation and after I say the word navigation what item in your your bag would you put in that bag that would be part of that. So, all right, let's start this. And then uh, Rachel <laughs> will say the next area. Okay. So, uh, Megan, what would you put in your bag that is associated with navigation? So if I have service, my phone, <laughs> if I don't, a physical map. All right. Emergency gear. Okay. So first aid kit, 
I had a recommendation to go to a doctor and get an antibiotic prescription before trips too. So I like to include that in my first aid kit. Now, I have to ask, I know this is off topic. Do you, do you carry a whistle with you? Yeah, if I remember. <laughs> All right, Julie, yours. Uh, tools or like a repair item? I just bring a multi-tool and then a little baby shovel if you're going to be out in the backcountry for long. Like a trowel? Yeah. All right. Staying on that same topic then, bathroom. Okay. So I bring toilet paper, but some people bring like pee rags and I've thought about trying one of those out too, but I haven't yet. And then a plastic bag for those. I'm going to ask this when it's that time of the month, what do you got to have? I like to have a menstrual cup. Then you don't have to like, you know, be switching out constantly and you can clean it right there. Use it again. Then you're not creating waste and it's reusable. I think we, we've, we've had this suggestion that we've, we spent an entire episode on this. I think we're going to have to schedule that. Yeah, look up the Flex Cup. That is my favorite. I've tried some others, but it's okay. the best one. Okay. They have different kinds too. All right, Rachel, your turn. I'm going to simplify clothing. Like your number one, besides your hat, your number one thing that you pack with clothing. This is hard. I would say just making sure I have layers, like something of each kind. Like I'll have a tank top and a long sleeve shirt and a jacket. And then I'll have shorts and then I'll have like a pair of pants that I could even wear over those shorts if I need to, if you can't like change in front of people or something. So I guess just one of what you need (laughs) depends on (laughs) the weather. (laughs) <laughs> one, not four tank tops, oh. not four shirts, oh, one. Yes. That's what's going to get me. Totally going to get me. You all smell out there, so yeah. you can't even tell who's smelly. I'm not going to lie. As I'm getting older, and I'm not sure wiser, but older, I'm becoming more and more of a minimalist because I'm like, I don't want to do the laundry when we get back. I don't want to carry it. So I, I think I, I am starting to prepare myself for one of these backpacking trips. Okay, Megan, the final one, critter protection. I guess it depends on the critter that you're encountering. Could be just bug spray. If you're out in like bear country, you might want to bring some bear spray. When we were in Africa, we just had bug spray and we were on a conservation area. So we didn't have any other um, protection and I kind of like that too because we're we're in wildlife's habitat. So, Megan, thanks for uh, bearing with us on our quick uh, lightning round, and and I apologize for spoiling it a little bit, but it's fun when you talk to people because everyone has a little bit of a different take on on what like the the most needed thing is, or uh, you know the one thing that they won't leave with home without. But because we just kind of want to scratch the surface of what we need to get ready for to to get people out and to get and just try it right like just get out there push yourself a little bit and now you have a basic start on what to put in that pack and to your point like depending on what you're going to or where you are in the world you know bears 
or snakes or pythons. I wouldn't even know, like, you know, when I went to South America, like, some of the vaccines that you had to get just to, to enter the country were, were amazing. Yeah, I can't believe I kind of basically forgot that part, but I had to get like five vaccines before going to South Africa or Southern Africa and Botswana and take like the malaria pills too. So you can do a, a ton of research to prepare and that includes like what you're going to carry in your bag but also your medication and that's just as important before i turn the mic over to julia do you have like a one particular food item that you always take with you um (laughs) not not like one particular thing i like to have enough protein so that could even just be like protein powder or like chicken packets but I like to be conscious of my waist as well. You can even bring like greens powder to make up for the vegetables as well, or, you know, create your own little like dehydrated packets as well. We might have to have a whole conversation just on food that you pack. Yeah, no doubt. So we have spent quite a bit of time and which this has been an amazing conversation pretty detailed backpacking trips. And we started off the beginning of the conversation of introducing the idea that we have this backpacking uh, She Goes Outdoor subscription box coming out. Now we've had a pretty detailed conversation, in-depth, far distance uh, hiking trip, backpacking trips that these ladies have been on. What we're hoping to start though with you is just an introductory level and, and perhaps then you're looking forward to someday be on these trips. But this this box that we're putting together for only uh, $50, it, it'll ship to you. It's an educational box packed with materials and gear. Uh, the content is secret, but if, if you're a past purchaser, you know that you won't be disappointed and this box it may be prepared like I said I can't give anything out but I do tell you that it can be for the experienced or the novice the unexperienced the learning as well so to keep that in the back of your mind you can find that at our sgooutdoors.com website the link to purchase that uh, don't hesitate because a will either sell out or b the time will end when we got to put that all together and and pack it up. Megan, anything further that you want to talk about before we we finally wrap up? I don't think so. Just make sure we're all making enough time to disconnect and get outdoors. Absolutely, disconnect is a is a great way to put it. And and to start off with is just like having this box delivered to your front step and start engaging yourself on this lot of fun new outdoor skill to take yourself on, whether it's just a hike in your local state park or headed to South Africa for a lot more detailed um, excursions. So, all right, ladies, uh, again, thank you for joining us. Continue to follow us on our Facebook page. 
uh, send a note to Megan if you have a question. Like Megan's on that page, and she will there be there to answer any questions that you might have, whether it's beginning backpacking or even to Rachel. Uh, reach out there on our Facebook page and ask Rachel questions as well. And I hope to see you outdoors. Outdoors.